Well, I'm excited about today, and, uh, but if you have a Bible with you today, I want to invite you to find the book of Colossians. We will be in Colossians chapter 2. And we have been in this series called Foundational for the last few weeks. The idea is to really focus on what some of our core beliefs, what, some of the, what are some of the core beliefs that are important to Christianity, but sometimes not often truly understood. And I really kind of want to just give us a little bit of a recap, because sometimes I think we take in so much information, we're like, okay, it's been four weeks, I don't remember what we talked about the first week, but it's always fun to kind of bring it together. So I'm going to quickly, as, as quickly as I can, I want to give us a little bit of a recap, because it's been so good and so challenging. Uh, Pastor Josiah kicked off really the series by asking simply the question, are we growing? Are we growing understanding that we don't serve a stationary God, and since he is not stationary, neither should we. We should be moving. We should be moving somewhere. We should be growing. And that was challenging because sometimes I think that we just stay in the same place. Then we had Baptism Sunday, which was amazing, and it was amazing to hear how God is moving in people's lives and changing them from the inside out, and Pastor Josiah briefly talked about baptism and how we see it in Scripture. Then the next week, we talked about the different things that Christians believe and put them into categories, and I have that up here just so I can, uh, so you can see how Pastor Josiah put these together, kind of in a circle format. We talked about core beliefs key beliefs, secondary beliefs, practical beliefs, and preferences. And we talked about how sadly, a lot of times what people actually argue about or are most passionate about, or even how they find a church home, isn't based on the core beliefs, but on the fringe beliefs, opinions, and preferences. Things that are really not crucial when it, is, when it comes to being a true follower of Jesus. And then last week, he began by challenging uh, us again with another question. I love all the questions, right? Are we asking ourselves the right questions? Are we asking ourselves, what is the bare minimum to get to heaven? Which is really the wrong question that is, it is a wrong question. We should never just be asking that. But what we should truly be asking is, how can I honor God with everything that I am and everything that I have? How can I honor him with everything that is in me? and everything that I have. What is our trajectory? And then he began to walk us through the Apostles' Creed. He talked about why the Creed was written, understanding that the early church didn't have the Bible as we do now, but needed something to be the foundation to help others know what the core beliefs were. It defined what they believed. It was used as a confession of faith. It was also used to combat heretical beliefs. And he began actually last week by asking us to put our academic brain on, which, to be completely honest, hurt my brain. <laughs> it hurt my brain because, well, I'm not, I'm not the sharpest tack. I was never the greatest student. When it comes to academia, I'm like, let me just get my hands dirty. I'm good. And maybe, not saying that you were with me, that you're not the sharpest tack, so I'm not trying to insult you here this morning, but maybe you were with me in a little bit, walking out feeling like that was over your head. And I want to challenge you as I challenge myself walking out. We should never be afraid of pushing ourselves beyond what we think we can do, learn, or understand. But we should also always have a posture of learning, understanding that there is more for us, that God has more for us. And so I want to challenge you. I don't know if you know that we do this, but we, we put all our messages on YouTube. 
Every week I edit the video, we put the sermon online, and so if you felt like me after walking out last week, this is what I did. I edited the video, but then I went back and I watched it using the pause button to really take in what the Apostles' Creed was and what that means for my life. And I was challenged. I no longer felt like it was above my head, but I took the time to dig in, and I challenge you to do the same. We've covered a lot. We've covered a lot. And so this morning, rather than your academic hat, your academic brain, whatever, I'm going to challenge you to come with me and put work clothes and gloves on. We have looked at and we will continue to understand what the core beliefs are, and that is so vitally important. We need to know what those are. But in order for that knowledge to change us and the way we live our lives, we must put it to work. And so I want to challenge you with that this morning. Let's go to work. So if you're willing and you are able this morning, would you please stand with me as we read from God's word? I will remind you that we are in Colossians chapter 2. We will be reading verses 6 and 7. And it says this, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you've done in our lives. We thank you for this ability to, to learn more about you and to grow in our faith. And so God, over the next few minutes, I pray that you challenge us. I pray that, that we walk out of here challenged, not feeling like it was above my head, but God, there's something personally for each and every one of us and steps and actions that we can take. And God, I also pray for the moms that are in the room this morning. God, we're so thankful for our moms. We're thankful for what they do for us and have done for us. We thank you how they love us in such an amazing way. And but God, we also pray for those who are struggling today, where Mom's Day brings up some sad memories. Maybe it's hard. Maybe, maybe somebody's just lost their mom or somebody that's close to them. God, we pray for peace for them. We pray that they would just hear from you this morning, that you would speak to them so gently and so softly, guide them through this day, and help them to see joy at the end of it. God, we love you, and we thank you for your word and the time we have together. In your name, amen. Amen. You may have a seat. So I want to be really honest with you. Uh, this week has been an interesting week. Uh, I, if you didn't know, I lead the youth group on Wednesday nights, and I... Uh, like, if you would have asked me last week, I had this week all planned out. I literally had Wednesday all planned out, and then about Monday, when I came in to pray, God said no. So I completely had to uproot what I had planned for the youth group and completely go a different direction. After Wednesday night, I began to pray some more and just pray over kind of what I felt God was leading me to speak to you about this morning. And about Friday night, he said, you need to go different direction. <laughs> And not really a different direction, but deeper. And I think you're going to understand why as I speak this morning, as we get through this message. We've been going through and trying to understand what our core beliefs are. But as I was thinking, even just simply about the Apostles' Creed, my mind wandered a bit. I told you I'm not the sharpest tack, and I have 150 squirrels up here, and they're all going in different directions. So I was thinking about the, 
the Apostles' Creed, and my mind is all over the place. And I began to think about the apostles and the original 12 who he called. And I was thinking about them and where they started out. Where were they at when Jesus called them, when he simply asked them to follow him? And if you think about it, and it makes me feel a little bit better, they were kind of a ragtag bunch of guys, right? They didn't have a massive amount of education. Some had some education, some did not. They had these different backgrounds. They had different statuses in society. They, were, they had different ways of doing things and living life. They even viewed God differently from each other. Every single one of them had a perception of God and who he was and what he had done in their life, and every single one of them was different. Each one had a perception of God. And when they met Jesus and he asked them to follow him, they didn't like meet Jesus and go, oh, let's write this creed down. They didn't write the creed right then and there. But I was challenged by when I thought about their lives and where they began and where they ended up, and I was challenged by how dramatically their lives had changed in their time with him. And I asked myself a couple of questions, and here's the first question. How did they get to that point in their faith? How did they get to that point in their faith? How do we get to that point in our faith? Because when I read the stories and I think about the apostles, there's somebody I look up to. They weren't perfect but there were people that obviously knew Jesus well. How do I get to that point in my faith? And as I was contemplating these questions, and then as I was doing devotions, like I said earlier, I was in a completely different realm, and then as I was doing devotions on Friday, this hit me. It hit me in Colossians. I was reading this passage, and it just said, like we read earlier, and now... Just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. The word rooted stood out to me. And when I think of rooted, I of course think of trees like maybe some of you do as well. And we've all seen tree roots before. They are the underground part of the tree that helps to support and anchor it to the ground. If the tree has a shallow root system, it falls easily. If it is deep, it can withstand any storm. Trees are amazing, even if I am allergic to every last one of them. <laughs> I don't know, it's bad. They are amazing, but they are beautiful in all seasons. I, of course, especially love them in the fall. Trees have different seasons to them, but they actually have different stages of growth when you stop and think about how does a tree start. They start out as seedlings, and they quickly move on to a primary growth stage where the plant actually begins to grow and the root systems begin to expand. Then they go into the secondary growth period where the trunk gets wider and it begins to branch out and leaves begin to form. The final stage is the maturity cycle where the bark develops and the fruit cycle begins. It is also at this, at this stage where it will begin to produce seeds for reproduction. All of these stages, every last one of them, happens only if the root systems are expanded during the primary growth period. Promoting a strong root structure for a tree requires regular maintenance, 
including steps to encourage deep root development. It's not about how often you water the tree. You must slowly train the roots to, go, to grow down. You must water the soil so that the, tree, that the tree is in deeply. Having the water seep 8, 10, or even more further down so that the root system will go there for the water rather than at the surface. When I think of the growth stages of a tree, it is similar to our stages of relationship with God. We start out in our relationship with God as a seedling. We have new life. We have new life. And we quickly go into this rapid period of excitement and growth. And, the, and it's actually that primary growth stage. And we do grow. And, and the plant begins and we begin to grow in the knowledge and learn more about him and how maybe we are supposed to live. And we can continue to grow and develop in our faith and eventually reach a maturity stage where we bear fruit. But as I was thinking about foundational and about how a lot of us as Jesus followers, sadly, I think about how even I have lived my life, I've gotten stuck at the primary growth stage. Why? Why do we get stuck there? Because we're only being watered and maintained at a surface level. We have our beliefs memorized. We know the right prayer to pray. We have the right answers. We go to church, we maybe join a life group, we maybe even serve. But we suddenly find ourselves frustrated and wondering why we seem to have stopped growing. And people settle into one of three places, they, they fall into complacency. And they become okay with where they're at, thinking that there's nothing more for me to learn or to grow in. Or they fall into the state of walking away. Well, this is no longer working. I am no longer growing, so what's the next thing? Or the, the third option, which doesn't seem to happen very often, is we go deeper. We dig into why we stopped growing, trying to figure out what is next, what God has for us next, because there must be more. And just like a tree, our relationship with God requires this regular maintenance, including steps to encourage deep root development, not just the occasional one time a week drink of water that we tend to do. In order to grow and to develop, we need to water deep. Watering deep is personally spending your own time in God's word. Watering deep is spending time truly understanding who he is and what his character is like. Watering deep is understanding who we are without him. Watering deep is feeling the weight of what it is that he has done for us. Watering deep is examining the life of Jesus and truly following in his footsteps. It's not about reciting a prayer. It's about you talking to God. It isn't about somebody else's study of God's word. It's our own study of God's word. It isn't listening to somebody's advice or, or the podcast and hearing their own opinions. It's about listening for the Holy Spirit's guidance that will cause our root system in our faith, in our relationship with Jesus to go deep. Understanding that it takes time, it takes effort, it takes patience, and you're going to get dirty to be rooted in Christ. It's not easy. It takes work. 
One of my favorite lines, I don't know how many of you have watched The Chosen, I have thoroughly enjoyed it, but one of my favorite lines from The Chosen was when Judas was actually wanting to follow Jesus. Jesus asked him this question, are you ready to do hard things? Are you ready to do hard things? And I ask myself, and I'm asking you today, when it comes to your faith and understanding what the foundational things that you believe, the core beliefs of what you believe, are you ready to do hard things? Because in order for us to be firmly rooted in Christ, you and I must be willing to do those hard things. We must do the work of training our root system to go deep. We must water deep. And so to kind of answer the first question, again, this is all so raw because this is like, God's like, go this direction. So I I hope you forgive me for this. But my point for the first question is, how do we get where the apostles were? How do we get their faith? I have this, no matter our background, if we say that our core belief that, it, that Jesus was the Son of God, we need to be rooted in him and him alone. Nothing else. That's what the apostles did. They weren't sitting in church buildings being educated. They watched Jesus. They watched Jesus, and they followed in his footsteps, and they were challenged, and they got dirty, and they were hungry, and they were poor. But they did what Jesus did. They were rooted in him alone. My second question was this. How, how did they know that they were firmly rooted in him? Like, we, Pastor Josiah a few weeks ago talked about how it's hard to measure. It's hard to measure, like, are we where we are supposed to be? And as I was thinking about that, I think that there are, there are some Bible verses that I, that I was studying this week that I really believe is the sign of how we can know that we are rooted in him, and how the apostles and the disciples knew that they were rooted in him. Towards the end of his ministry, you know, the, the disciples have been following Jesus, but towards the end of his ministry, Jesus actually sees that the disciples are, are firmly established in who he is. He's seen them have success, he's seen them fail, and he sees, though, that even through those successful things and the failures, that they are ready for this. And in John 13, 34 through 35, it says this. This is what he asked them to do. Now that you're firmly planted in me, this is what I want you to do. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Jesus told them, your love for one another is what will characterize you. It will define you. It will tell people that you are follower of Jesus. This is what will define you. I was also reading in John 3, it says this, as if we want another measurement of our growth and how deep we are going, it says this in 1 John 3. Dear children, let us not merely just say we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth, so we will be confident when we stand before God. As I was reading these verses, my mind once again wandered back and began to think about the early church then and how the early church grew. And these last two verses of what defined them by their love for one another and not just their love, but in how they lived their life. It changed everything about who they were and what they did. Jesus' followers were so rooted in him alone 
rooted in him alone, that it captured the attention of the world around them because of how they lived their lives and how they loved each other and how they loved others. It captured the attention of the world. It captured the attention of everybody around them because of how they lived their lives and how they loved one another. It was a version of faith that was not just about knowledge, but it was a faith of doing things, of living it out, a faith that was actionable, a faith that made us get dirty. I once heard a pastor, a different pastor, say once that people are muddy, but God calls us to get in the mud with them. Are we getting in the mud with those who are around us? Are we deep enough and rooted enough in him knowing that even if we get muddy, he's got us? So how do we know if we're truly rooted in him? Just like the apostles would see it, I have this. When we begin to live out a version of faith that makes people want it to be true before they're able to, they are able to fully believe it. I'm going to read that again because I messed it up. When we begin to live out a version of faith that makes people want it to be true before they're able to fully believe are we living that kind of faith? That people see something so different in us that they go, I have no idea what you believe, but I don't care. There is something different about you, and I want to know what it is, and I don't even know if I completely get it, but I don't care, I want to be a part of that. So my challenge for, for myself this week, or the last couple days really, and for each one of you this morning is simply this. When it comes to your faith, your core beliefs, what's your root system rooted to? What's it rooted to? Is it about knowledge and educational things? Or is it rooted solely in him? Because all of those other things are details because it's about him alone and what he has done for us. Are they rooted in him or are they rooted in your own preferences and opinions? I want you to ask yourself, what's the health of my root system? Is it shallow? Is it deep? If it's not deep, what do I need to do next? Are you watering only at a surface level and coming to church on Sunday mornings and feeling dry by Wednesday and you don't know why? And you need to go deeper. Are you and I characterized by the love put into action in the world around us? Our root system, if it is deep, we can measure that. We can measure those things because it'll change how we talk. It'll change how we live. It'll change how we spend our money. It'll change everything about us. And it will captivate people in such a way that they don't even care. They don't even have the knowledge of what we believe, but they know that's it. That's it. These are tough questions. These are tough questions for me that I'm wrestling with myself. Are my roots deep? Am I basing my faith off what somebody else says or am I watering deep by going into his word myself and asking God to speak what he has just for me? Am I spending time in prayer myself asking God not just to to fulfill my needs or lay my feeds, but I'm asking him to speak to me, to change me, to challenge me? because I know I'm not right. I think if we want to grow in our faith and to truly understand our core beliefs, we need to know what we're rooted to. We need to be rooted in him alone. 
We need to stop just talking about it. We need to stop singing about it. But we need to be willing to do the work to get our roots to go deeper and for the world around to see it. Understanding it takes time, it takes effort, it takes patience. You're going to fail, but you get back up and you do it again. You will have to do hard things. I will have to do hard things. But the growth and the fruit that you will bear and the seeds that you will spread will far outweigh any cost. Are you willing to root yourselves in him alone and let your preferences go? I want our lives, I want my life to be the picture of the core of what I believe. Not just words. I love learning. I love being challenged. And like I said, I am not discounting the academia of learning and trying to understand what our core beliefs are. They're vitally important, but if it stays here, it does nothing. We need to dig deep and understand what we truly believe. Because it's not always about what we've learned. It's our words that will draw people. And in our, it's not what we have just learned and in our words that will draw people to Jesus. It'll be our lives. It will be how we love one another in the midst of our differences. It will be how we love the person outside who's different from us. So I want to leave you with these questions, and I have them on the screen because I, I, I was just going to read them, but I thought, you know what? Take your phone out and take a picture of it because I want us to think about these questions. Do people around you see a version of faith that makes them want it to be true before they're able to believe? I know the wording in that kind of seems silly, but slow down and read that. Do they see it in how you treat people and differ, with, and, differ and you disagree with? Do they see it in how you speak of others? Do they see it in our generosity, generosity that has no boundaries? I would like it if we could all stand as I close this. <clears throat> as I was thinking about it, these are very individual things, right? Something that we all need to work on individually. But I was also challenged by the early church. And I know Pastor Josiah has said this a lot, and I want you to know that I completely agree with him when he says that in our church, we don't all agree on everything. In fact, Maybe some of you here don't even think I should be right here right now. That's okay. It's okay. Why do I agree with this statement? Because the more diverse we are, the harder it will be to love one another, and thus the brighter our light will be to the rest of this world. I'm going to say that again. The more diverse we are, the harder it will be to love one another, and thus the brighter our light will be to the rest of this world. We can work in our individual selves, but as a church, we also need to grow together and learn how to love one another in the midst of our differences. Because that is what the world sees. If the world, our community sees us loving one another, even though they go, they don't even believe, everybody believes the same thing. But something's happening there. I want our community to see that. I want our community to see that. 
So my prayer this morning is that even though this was raw, changed at the last minute, I want you to think about what are you rooted in. Even as we continue in this foundational series and we try and understand and educate ourselves on why we believe what we believe, let's make sure first we're rooted in Christ. Let's first make sure we're rooted in Christ. And if we are truly rooted in Christ, our lives will show it. I know it seems simple, but we need to do this. We need to get dirty. We need to put our work clothes on and put our gloves on and go to work. Let's pray. Father God, oh, thanks for challenging me this week. God, God, my prayer is that that as I spoke these words, that they weren't from me, but they were directly from you. And that, God, that is every single person sitting in this room today, God, I pray that you spoke something just for them. God, I pray we take to heart that we understand what we're truly rooted in. That it's not about just our head knowledge, but God, that it has to be lived out just as Jesus lived it out. As he didn't agree with everybody, God, but he still loved them. God, help us to love one another. Help us to love one another well. So well, God, that our community around us sees the differences in us, but the love just overwhelms them. God, I pray that we are challenged by this. God, I pray that as we walk out these doors, that this, this wasn't just a surface watering this morning, God, but that we would walk out the doors and begin to water deep ourselves. God, it's going to be hard. We're going to need your strength. We're going to need your wisdom. We're going to need your help because without you, we are nothing. God, thank you for you, who you are and what you've spoken this morning. God, again, I pray for all the moms out there. I pray that they have a fantastic day. We're so grateful for them and all they do in our lives. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your word. Help it to make a difference. In your name, amen.